Uh, time of uh, talking amongst each other is over. Um, sorry. Um, I want to. I want to continue with the uh, uh, spiritual gifts. Um, I tried to do all of them, or at least half of them, last week, and I will try to do the second half this week. But I didn't man- manage to do the first half last week, and I'm sure that I will not be able to manage the, like the second half of the first half this morning. Uh, so I don't know what, what to do. Um, so um, I already told Avi this morning, like I. I try to get you excited about the whole thing that after this morning you will start investigating more about this whole spiritual gifts thing. Like, what does it mean? What do they look like? So why is it important to actually know what spiritual gifts look like or might look like? So you can recognize them. Because if you don't recognize them, you can either operate in a gift without even knowing it, which is not a big problem, or if you don't recognize it, you can even suppress it and think like, that's not it. I had a conversation with someone yesterday about this, yeah? and, and we were talking about speaking in tongues, and we will, we will talk, I will explain later about this. And then um, when we had this conversation, uh, he said, oh, well, actually, if it is like that, then I speak in tongues, but I've been suppressing it. That's actually quite scary, isn't it? That the Holy Spirit tries to do things within you and things through you, and He, he tries to grow you and He tries to like implement His Spirit and, or, or his, his gifts within you, and because you don't recognize it, you're suppressing it. And that's the last thing that we actually want to do as Christians, because we want to live out of the Spirit. We want the Spirit to renew our minds, renew our way of thinking. So that's why it really is important to really dive into that and to really look into these things because we don't want to push the Spirit away. We want to embrace Him and, and understand what He is doing more and more and more. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's a big part of why I'm trying to get you like so excited about this thing so you will start investigating more and more and more and start to recognize it within your own life. And that you start operate, operating in the gifts of the Spirit more and more and more and stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah? So I, I want to start off with um, um, today with distinguishing between spirits. That's, that's a really important one. And I, I think uh, the, the, the more that time is progressing, the more important it is to know and to be able to, to distinguish if, if something is from the Spirit of God, the Spirit of man, or from Satan. Yeah? And, and, and it, it, it's within the world, but also within church. We need to know when, when someone is speaking from a human perspective, from a human spirit, we need, we need to know if someone is speaking from the Spirit of God, but also we need to be alarmed when someone is speaking from the Spirit, from Satan. So incredibly important. It's, it's when we watch TV, we need to recognize more and more and more what is the spirit behind this thing that I'm actually watching. What, I, what is actually, what is the thing that I'm allowing to influence my thinking pattern? When, um, um, when we walk the streets, when you, when you read things, when you hear things, when you listen to the news, what is the spirit behind this thing? Is this a spirit of, of, you know, trying to inform me about things that are happening in the world? Or is it actually a spirit that's actually uh, trying to make you fearful? Because if that's the thing, you know, fear is not from God. 
distinguishing between spirits. Have you ever walked into a room where people were and they were doing something and you walk in without even knowing what they are doing and you walk in and you think like, this is wrong? You ever have this? That's distinguishing between spirits. That is, that is understanding and, and, and actually perceiving something that is wrong. I've walked into this room one time and there were people sitting here on this couch watching a movie. I didn't know what they were watching. And I walked in, I, I just felt like this suppressing spirit in this room. And I just walked over and I looked at the screen and I said, you should not be watching this. This is so wrong. This is not supposed to be here in the community. And then they stopped. Have you ever had it when you, know, when you are at a birthday party and someone walks into the room and all of a sudden the whole atmosphere changes? <laughs> that's it. That's a, spirit, that's a spiritual thing. So when you have the gift of discernment, you have the unique God-given ability to detect whether actions or intentions of others are from heavenly, human, or demonic influence. Yeah? So the unique God-given ability to, de to detect whether the actions or intentions of others are from heavenly, human, or demonic influence. You will find the gift in um, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10. That's where it is named. Yeah? Um, but the story that actually really explains it, and you all know this story, but let's just go there uh, because it's um, really it's helpful to see that. Acts 16. Maybe you've ever, like, you know, we're reading through this story and you're like, man, Paul, why are you doing that? 16, verse 16. Acts 16, verse 16. One day as we were uh, going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. And she earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Isn't that the dream of every evangelist? You know, walking into a town, you know, just imagine walking through Amsterdam and you're walking through the city center, like, you know, the, the shopping, the Kalverstraat there, or Dam Square, you're there, and someone behind you is there, this is Jess, and she is the servant of the Lord Most High, and she will tell you to be sa how to be saved. That's the dream of every evangelist. Because then people will listen to you, because there's someone actually saying that you are a, a someone, isn't it? A really important person that knows how to be saved. But then Paul, and, and after, after a few days, this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and he said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and instantly it left her. And I, I, I think most of us, when someone like that would walk behind us, you know, if you don't have the gift of, of uh, distinguishing between spirits, you would actually see it as something good. 
And then Paul actually would turn around and, and speak to this girl and say, shut up, because he's just annoyed by the fact that she's just constantly shouting behind her. But somehow, through the gift of discernment, he was able to see that this was not a thing of God. It was actually a thing of Satan that was going on. And then he turns around and he speaks to the demon and he says, get out. That's the gift of discernment. Sometimes it looks amazing. Sometimes the things that, that you hear and the things that you see that you're going through, they look amazing. The plans that are being made in a church can look amazing. But if you have the gift of discernment, you can see if it is actually the Spirit of God that has been influencing this plan in the church, or it has been like a human thing, like management, yeah, or, 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 a, uh, um, or, or a demonic influence. So people with the gift of discernment, you, you know, you need to stand up and you need to start speaking. If you see things, if you, if you perceive things in the spirit like this is wrong, speak up. Because it is so incredibly important because, you know, uh, if you don't have the gift of a discernment and you don't see it, a plan could sound amazing like this girl screaming, just listen to them. They know how to be saved. They will tell you. But it's not from a good intention. This came from Satan. Yeah? So the gift of discernment, very important. Um, so if you, if, you, if you are in a leadership position and, and you're looking for future things and, and you're writing plans and you think about like, uh, uh, um, yeah, stuff like that, and you, and, and you have a plan written out, give it to uh, someone with the gift of discernment. And they can actually tell you if it is a good plan or not. They can actually tell you if it is a plan that's actually from God's heart, with the Spirit of God behind it, or if it is the Spirit of a human being, or the Spirit from Satan. Very important to actually use the people that have the gift of discernment. At the same time, if you're doing something, and there's like, you know, when you're watching a movie, and then someone comes in with the gift of discernment and says, man, you should not watch that. That's wrong. It's sometimes really annoying. Yeah, so we need to be aware of that as well. We need, uh, and then I'm, t I'm talking about the people doing it. Even though the, 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 the thing that the person says that with the gift of discernment is annoying, we should be listening to it because there's a warning in it. And most people that I know that have the gifts of discernment are um, contemplating for a long time before they're able or willing to say something about it. You know how difficult it is to actually walk into this room and then watch what is on the screen because you perceive something and then tell people to stop watching that because it's wrong. It's just watching a movie. Yeah, so that's that's um, um, that's one example. Another example, um, and I, I think I've explained this to to a few people. I was in a church meeting, um, and um, there were two two ladies. They were exa acting exactly the same, and it looked like the spirit of God fell upon them, and they were clapping, and they were s talking. 
in a weird language that I didn't understand. It was in India, so it could be Hindi or it could be something else. And they were like, you know, going like this with their head, like that, eyes closed, like that. And I looked at the pastor in the church and I said, can I go to them? Because I wanted to honor him, he's the pastor. And I went to the lady, and the first one, and I said, laid my hands on his shoulder and said, God, what is going on here? Because I recognized that. And then God said, she is worshiping me. There's nothing wrong. So I blessed her and I walked on and I went to the, the, the second lady. It was acting exactly the same. I just perceived something. And I went there, laid my hand on her shoulder and I said, God, what is going on? He said, this is a demon that's manifesting. And then I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to go out of this woman. And all of a sudden, like, poof, she stopped manifesting. And I prayed for her, I blessed her, and you know, uh, everything that you do after that. And then we went on with the meeting. That's the distinguishing between spirits. Actually seeing it that something is real or something is not real. Even though on the outside it looks exactly the same. Yeah, very scary. <clears throat> okay. Um, next one. Actually, I'm going to talk about two that are connected, completely connected. Which one? Okay, no profits here. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, I'm going to talk about the gift of speaking in tongues and the gift of interpreting it. Yeah? Important. Yeah? So, um, speaking in tongues is the unique God-given ability. Have you seen that? I say it everywhere. It's unique. Every single gift is unique. Yeah? So, speaking in, the, uh, the, uh, speaking in tongues is the unique God-given ability to communicate with God in a special heavenly language for the purpose of praise, intercession, and spiritual edification. You want me to repeat that so you can write it down? Yeah. <laughs> so it's the unique God-given ability to communicate with God in a special heavenly language uh, for the purpose of praise, intercession, and spiritual edification. That's one part of it. Because we see two parts in the New Testament. The other part is that actually that supernaturally you actually get the ability to speak a language. That's what Peter and his friends did on Pentecost. Did you get everything, Talita? No? <laughs> so it's the unique God-given ability to communicate with God in a special heavenly language. <laughs> yeah? For the purpose of praise, intercession, and spiritual edification. Yeah? And the second part of it is that the ability to speak a language that you've never spoke before or haven't learned. That's cool. You see that in X. Yeah? So it's the um, 
I don't know if you ever heard someone do that to speak a real language. Jess is trying, but you know, she's not spirit filled, even though some people think that Jess is, that Jess isn't, yeah? <laughs> um, let me tell you a story of a te- testimony that, um, that I've heard. There was a, um, um, was a Baptist pastor that was sharing this story. He was, he was, there, he was there, he was uh, involved in the whole thing. He was in a prayer meeting in a hotel. Yeah, they were just uh, sitting in a in a uh, uh, in the in the bar area of a hotel. They had just rented off the whole hotel for a conference, and they were sitting there. And there was a guy working behind the bar, he was just cleaning the glasses and stuff like that. And then these pastors were praying, and it was like a Baptist thing going on. So if you're if you if you're familiar with Baptists, you know there's not a lot of like praying in tongues in a Baptist church. Um, yeah, I grew up in as a Baptist, and there was not a lot of praying in tongues actually. I'd never heard anyone pray in tongues in that church. And um, so during this prayer meeting, all of a sudden, one of the pastors, he started praying in tongues. And everyone was sitting there like, what is he doing? This is weird. You know, and and then this whole thing goes within you like, someone should interpret this. You know, because the Bible says so. And and, and the whole thing went on. That's what he was explaining. And then, you know, prayer meeting was over. No one interpreted the thing and, and nothing happened. So everyone was a little bit bewildered about this praying in tongues of this pastor. And um, this one pastor that was sharing this testimony stayed behind. And uh, then the guy that was behind the bar walked to this one pastor that was sharing the testimony. And he said, so um, this one guy, how does he know Persian? Because that's my mother tongue, and I actually heard him speak Persian. How does he know that? And then his pastor said, "Well, he doesn't know Persian. <coughs> he never spoke that before, and he's never been there. He's, you know, in that area. He doesn't know it." And but this guy just understood completely what he was saying, and he was actually really touched by by this prayer of this pastor in his own language. Was there an interpreter? Yes, there was. He was. Yeah. So so. <laughs> I think that's amazing, isn't it? That's, that's just one example of how God is actually using the gift of tongues. That people are actually listening and hearing uh, 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 people speaking to God or people just like, you know, share in, in the language that they don't speak. Awesome. I think it's awesome. Yeah? And w- with the, uh, um, um, the gift of, t- of tongues, there is a... <laughs> Um, there, there's something going around there that's that's a little spooky. Um, I, I think, yeah, it's not supposed to be that way. But people think like that's a bit weird. We don't know what to do with it. Let's just stay away with it from it because we don't know how to do it, how it works, or whatever. But Paul says, like you know, that we we uh, he's talking about orderly uh, coming together in church and stuff like that, um, and then. But he also says, don't forbid anyone to speak in tongues. But a lot of the churches that, I, that I've been to, if you would start speaking in tongues, they would actually shut you up. 
So you need to be, we need to be very careful with this whole thing. It's, it is a spiritual gift, and God is still using the gift of tongues in this way. He's also using it uh, as a personal prayer language between you and, and God the Father, that the Holy Spirit is talking and uh, with groanings and, 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 you know, when you don't know what to say anymore, the Holy Spirit takes over and you actually pray in tongues and you don't know what you're saying, but you just feel what is going on. And that's the other part of actually, you know, speaking in tongues. That's the, the personal language between you and the Father through the Holy Spirit. Um, I started speaking in tongues because I read a book, because I grew up Baptist, you know, speaking in tongues for me was something that was like weird, wacky, only like this really weird, charismatic people would do it. And I was not weird and charismatic. I was a normal Christian. That, that was like, you know, the way I was thinking. And then I, was, I, I read a book, and, um, and the book was explaining to me that every single Christian has received the gift of speaking in tongues. And they were explaining this whole thing, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I've been just neglecting it. And I said, God, I thank you for the gift of speaking in tongues. And I'm going to step out now, and I'm going to trust that you will start working through that. So I started speaking. And um, from my human perspective, rational mind thinking, I was like, man, this is weird. This is, this is not real. This is like sounds like nothing what am i doing and it went on for a few weeks i was just like you know pushing myself into it and saying like you know Hans, come on you need to do it because god has given you the gift and he will take over and then um a few weeks in i was i was sharing it yesterday as well with a few people a few weeks in i was i was praying or actually i was laying in bed and there were a lot of things happening within the community that i had to deal with there were a few things happening back home that I had to deal with. So my mind was like a woman's mind. It was spaghetti. And, you know, crazy. And I couldn't sleep. I was just sitting there, or actually I was laying in bed and, and thinking spaghetti way. Yeah? And, and it was just going every. And I couldn't, it could not find my rest. I could not sleep. And I'm like, I'm going to pray in tongues. Even though it didn't make any sense to me. And then I started praying in tongues, and it was the first time that God actually like started to really like you know push it and really started like doing something through it. It was it was like you know spaghetti in my mind, and it was like God took a through like me speaking and praying in tongues. He took a rake, or you know if we say in a metaphor of spaghetti, he took a fork. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, he, and he just like went through my mind like this. I just felt it like moving back and forth, like whoosh, whoosh, to the front and, and, and to the back again. And it just went back and forth a few times. Spaghetti was gone. Peace was there. And within five minutes, I fell asleep. And, I, and that was my first encounter with like speaking in tongues that it actually worked that actually something really happened through it. Uh, and um, I've been praying for people that I didn't know what to pray for. 
and then I started praying in tongues and they got healed. That's cool. I didn't even know they were sick. <laughs> I was just praying in tongues over them and they got healed. Praying in tongues over people and they experienced the biggest peace that I've ever had and that's what they exactly needed at that moment in time. That's it. You know, it's, it's like, oh, the gift of speaking in tongues and praying in tongues. It's like the language between you and the Father. So, and that brings you to the point of my praying for people as well. Let me just explain this, yeah? If I pray for Madeline, yeah, and she sits next to me, and we had a really deep, long conversations about a lot of different subjects, I'm actually praying to God about Madeline. My prayer is not a pastoral thing, yeah? So that Madeline will actually hear that every single thing that she said was understood by me. That actually should happen in the conversation. When I pray for people, it's not a pastoral thing. I could, I could actually pray in tongues. And you don't have to understand that because I'm talking to the Father and not to you. You know, you know what I mean? That's that, and that's it. Um, yeah. Because when I pray in tongues, I don't know what I'm saying, but I know exactly that the Holy Spirit knows what Madeline needs. So when I pray in tongues, there you go. Yeah, that's the best, almost the best thing to do. People will think you're weird sometimes, but that's okay. You should be weird anyway. And then there's the interpretation of tongues. Yeah, so um, I'm just going to take you as an example again. Madeline is speaking in tongues, and Chantal is sitting there, and she's like, I understand that. I know what she's saying, and she explains it. Yeah, I've had it a few different times when it happened. One time it went horribly wrong. I was in Russia together with a friend of mine on a mission trip and there was no translator and people didn't speak English. So one of the ladies, Russian lady, said, I think she said, I will interpret. <laughs> and she stood up and just in broken English she explained that she wanted to try if she had the gift of interpretation. So my friend started speaking, didn't work. Yeah, so, but she, st she stepped out in front of a lot of people. I thought it was really cool, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then someone else stood up, she knew, and she knew a little bit more English, and then, you know, we worked from that. Um, I was, um, last year, was in our living room. I was speaking on, on uh, the Holy Spirit uh, to, uh, to a lot of people, and then I started praying for a guy. And uh, the Holy Spirit prompted me to speak, to pray in tongues over him. And um, so I had my hands laid, laid my hands on him and I prayed in tongues over him. A lot happened. A lot happened. And later on that week, I was talking to another guy that was standing next. What? Yeah, that was standing next to us. And he said, so Hans, how did you know that you had to say like freedom, 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 freedom over that guy? I was like, was that one guy that was standing next to you? I said, he said, yeah. I said, well, I was speaking in tongues. He said, oh, I didn't notice. The only thing I heard was freedom, 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 freedom. I said, well, then I think you have the gift of interpretation. Because you know what I said, I didn't know. That's, I think that's cool. He didn't even know that he was in, interpreting the, the tongues. Yeah, so, uh, wow, yeah, I think that's cool. You see, it's time I should stop. Last one, exhortation. 
unique God-given ability to encourage, strengthen, and warn other people for the purpose of helping them to reach their God-given potential. Exhortation. Yeah, uh, some people call it the gift of encouragement. But it goes in, in a way that you actually want to see people to grow and, and become, uh, come closer and closer to the purpose that God has for them in their lives. That's the gift of or, or exhortation. Yeah? Um, so the unique God-given ability to encourage, strengthen, and warn others for the purpose of helping them to reach their God-given potential. I will say it one more time. I feel like a school teacher. Yeah? <clears throat> the unique God-given ability to encourage, strengthen, and warn others for the purpose of helping them to reach their God-given potential. And you find it in Romans 12 verse 8. A big example of this is um, Barnabas. Barnabas, yeah, the guy working with Paul. Did everyone get the uh, definition? Yeah. Okay. So uh, the, the guy working with Paul, he he actually took Paul by the hand. Yeah, Paul became a Christian, and he and he went to Jerusalem, and all the Christians were afraid of them or of him, which I do understand. Uh, and then <coughs> um, uh, Barnabas actually saw that he was a genuine guy, that he actually really came to faith, and he took him by the hand, and he brought him to the apostles, and he said, he is a Christian, he is a follower of Christ, he has been preaching the gospel, we should work with him. And then he actually took Paul by the hand, and they did a few missionary journeys. And then, um, so um, actually I think he was mentoring Paul into, into missions for a while. And then when Paul was full grown, he actually moved on with Mark. And because Mark was a, a, a dropout first, and later on he came back and he wanted to continue. And Paul said, no, that's not going to happen again. And Barnabas saw that Paul, or that Mark, was actually genuine, and that he really wanted to do it, and he really wanted to grow. And then Barnabas said, well, I will go with you. I will, I will mentor you. I will show you how to do it. And that's, that's the... Uh, um, the gift of exhortation in practice. You will see that people that have the gift of exhortation are really good mentors. They actually are the people that are willing and able to sit down and see the potential in you and actually lead you towards that. There are uh, three characteristics and then I'm really going to stop because we don't have any time left anymore. Of minus six minutes. Uh, 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 so three char characteristics. Uh, uh, people with this gift, they are people-oriented and they're not looking at tasks. <coughs> yeah, so their, their orientation is on people and not on tasks. So they, they really are, are sensing the uh, emotional state of other people. Where you are at. Who you are. Yeah, if you are um, uh, down or discouraged, or even if you are backslidden, they will see it. They will sense it, and they will actually will be able to encourage you and 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 nurture you and guide you uh, along the way to get out of that area. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the second uh, characteristic is that they are longing, 
with all within them uh, to see people reach their potential in Christ. Um, when they see people um, that are half-hearted, um, that have the, uh, a spirit of defeating, or def that they feel that they are defeated, uh, you know, in Christians, it really annoys them, and they will try everything they do to encourage those people and to turn bad attitudes into positive attitudes. That's the second uh, thing. And the last one, the third characteristic is that they are um, um, looking for growth. Yeah, they have a holy urge to see other people mature in their faith, and they are most likely using their gifts to mentor people, and they will not allow you to come up with an excuse why you are not closer to Jesus than you were last year. Yeah? So if you, if you have the gift of exhortation, when you meet someone next year again, you say like, what happened? What did God do in your life? Where are you now? How close are you to Him? What, what, how did you grow? What you did, you know, and all these things. And then they will talk about this and then they will help you even like a, a few steps further and to really dive into it more and more and more deeper and closer to God, deeper and closer to Jesus, just in Him and through Him, yeah? Gift of exhortation. I, I need to stop, um, but I hope I've made you hungry to really, you know, look into, into this subject. Maybe, maybe you read books about it. Yeah, the best book to read about it is the Bible and try to recognize spiritual gifts in the Bible, yeah? Uh, and if you want to recognize spiritual gifts in the Bible, read the books that have, read the Gospels, you know, because it has Jesus in it, and he is operating in all of them. Yeah? So, uh, hungry. You need to be hungry. <laughs> yeah? Recognize the Spirit working within you. And then, um, um, yeah, we'll see. If you have more questions, you know, you know don't hesitate, can just come to me. And I will, uh, you know, more than willing to actually sit down and talk. Yeah, let's let's just pray quickly. Father, I I thank you that um, yeah you have given us <coughs> uh, your Holy Spirit, and with that you have given us uh, your gifts. And I pray, Father, that we will recognize them in our own lives, but also when we recognize them in someone else's life that uh, we will just uh, tell this to people as well so that actually they will understand and they will see that um, yeah that you are working through them and let it be an encouragement for us father in the name of jesus amen amen